0: Good morning again, Calvary Church. Just looking forward to continuing this whole series more than an audience. It was great to hear from Todd Proctor last week as he started us off thinking about worship and courageous worship. How we can think of ourselves, we're not just an audience, whether it's sitting in rows or if it's sitting on couches in homes. It's not just about watching or spectating that this is about participating and engaging in a life of worshiping through singing in a service, but then taking that out into our everyday lives as well, courageously through the power of the Holy Spirit. We're more than an audience. And so now what we're doing is we're starting a couple weeks talking about community and what this means to live in community in the church. Next week will be a little bit more of kind of groups or larger groups of people when we think of community in that way. But then this week we're going to start actually a little bit smaller. And when we think about this word even community. Community is kind of a, it's a bit of a buzzword or kind of a cliche almost sometimes. You know, you talk to people and they're just like, I'm just looking for community, man. I just want to have a church where I can find community or a place where I can find community. And you're almost like, well, what do you mean? Like what does community mean? What are you talking about? I think actually, um, you know, away from sort of the Christianese of that, what we're talking about is friendship. And what we're talking about in the church and in this way is what we would call spiritual friendship. Spiritual friendship. And so for us, how can our friendships in the, within this Christian community have a deeper level and a deeper sense of what we're about? And I think that we all have a deep longing in our hearts for this kind of friendship that we have this longing to be known by others and to know people more deeply, more intimately. And sometimes it's hard because we, we live in this world of comparison. We're constantly comparing ourselves to others, especially social media world. We're always comparing like, you know, what are, what are my friends doing without me? Or what are like these other friendships? You know, what do they have? What do we not have? And, and all of that. And comparison is the thief of joy, comparison robs us of the joy that we have in our lives. And so I I want us to be able to think about, okay, how, how am I investing in people? How am I opening myself up to this kind of deeper friendship with vulnerability and risk and intimacy? And sometimes you might even think, ah, it's a weird word, I wouldn't mean intimacy, but this is what we want in our friendships even to have that kind of intimacy. Um, so I wanna read one passage of scripture, as you see there, uh, John 15, 13 to 15, and this is Jesus talking to his disciples, his closest core group of friends, his disciples. And he's just got done talking about how we're to abide in him, abide in Jesus, that we have this deep connection to Jesus himself and all that so that our joy may be full. And then he says, even in verse 12, this is my commandment that you love one another, just as I have loved you. And then he says, greater love has no one than this than one lay down his life for his friends. This kind of sacrificial love, this sacrificial friendship is the the core of this spiritual friendship. And then Jesus says, you are my friends if you do what I command you. "'No longer do I call you slaves, "'for the slave does not know what his master is doing, "'but I have called you friends "'for all things that I have heard from my father.'" I have made known to you. And so Jesus is now saying, no longer, this whole way of even of God relating to people in that we see throughout the Old Testament even, no longer is it this way of just this God above and you are now the slaves. Like now I call you friends. What a radical shift that is that we are now friends of God and these disciples then are now friends with one another without hierarchy without programs without rankings it's just this friendship this band of brothers together going out on mission for God together and that's this example of what spiritual friendship is for us. So we are more than an audience and this kind of friendship doesn't take place in rows, in seats, it doesn't take place in couches, uh, watching something on your TV screens. Now this takes place in circles, this takes place face to face, this is what this kind of deeper friendship is all about. So let's, let's get into this a little bit, like why? What do you mean, like why do we need this whole thing of spiritual friendship? And thinking through even this verse of, no longer do I call you slaves, but I have called you friends. Well, why we need spiritual friendship is because Jesus modeled this kind of friendship for us. We see this in his life. He lived his life in community. We see the importance of him being uh, alone, and then we see the importance of him being in community. He has these huge crowds that are following him around. So he has that, like where there's tons of people around him. Then he has his followers, these like we think of the disciples as the 12, but there really were a lot more disciples than just 12. We see an example of the 70 that were sent out, but there's even more beyond that. So there's these core followers that Jesus has. And so there's kind of like a larger group of people around him, but it's not these thousands. It's more the 70 or a little bit more than that. And then you see that then he has the 12, this... Um, Smaller group of people that he's devoted this period of this three years of his life to. And then you see he even has smaller than that where you have Peter, James, and John, the three. These three uh, closest people to him. And then we also see these other kind of close friends like we see in the story of Lazarus, of Lazarus, Mary, Martha, these people that are very dear to him and close to him that he weeps with and cries with. And so you just have this very like this deep sense of closeness and intimacy that Jesus has with them. And Jesus um, takes like those three and the 12 and like the three he invites them into some significant high points as well as significant low points in his life, where at the Mount of Transfiguration, Jesus just has the three. And then on, uh, at the Garden of Gethsemane, before he dies, he just has his disciples, his closest ones there, with him. And they're weeping with him. And he's like, I need you with me. Don't fall asleep. I need your help in this moment. I need my friends to be praying with me and praying for me in the midst of this time. And it was even his friendship with us that moved Jesus to embrace the cross, So Jesus modeled this kind of, uh, of friendship for us and as we saw in John 15 that Jesus calls us his friends. And it's this sacrificial friendship that he models for us. And another reason of why I think we, we need spiritual friendship is that we live out the love of God in friendship. We, we know that love is the central virtue in the Bible. The greatest of these is love. And so we're able to live out that love of God in friendship. We think about, okay, why do we need this? It's love. But like what is spiritual friendship? It's love. How do we be a spiritual friend? It's love. It's the why. It's the what. It's the how. Love is this core thing in the word of God and the way that we are to live as Jesus followers. And we're able to live that out, that kind of love in these spiritual friendships, these deeper friendships. And a lot of you might even think about like that's okay, well, are you talking about romantic love or that kind of a thing and, and with your spouse or something? And it's like, well, yes, that does take place in those relationships. But this also takes place in friendships. I want us to understand that and be clear about that, that we can live out that kind of love and intimacy in friendships in this kind of good and appropriate way. And so we live that out. The the, the last reason I want to talk about here of why we need spiritual friendship is this whole concept of we need the wisdom of each other. We need each other and the wisdom of each other in life. There's a, a great, great book by Eugene Peterson that's actually just called that, The Wisdom of Each Other. And it's this kind of conversation between friends. And what's so beautiful, like he illustrates so well, I love the way that Eugene Peterson writes is that he talks about, it's like, there's moments in life that don't have a chapter and a verse that we can just prescribe to or put on top of or tell somebody and it's for those sorts of moments like we even were recognizing this as uh, an elder board talking about like all of this stuff with this season of quarantine and COVID-19 and when can we regather in person and all that. There's not, There was never just a Bible verse that we can look up that's gonna tell us exactly what to do. And in the midst of that, we needed the wisdom of each other and the Holy Spirit of God dwelling within us. Because we aren't just image bearers we as Jesus followers have the Holy Spirit, have God's presence dwelling within us, and we can share that with one another. And so we share that wisdom. And again, like when Jesus set us up as friends instead of these hierarchy systems, he recognizes that we can just talk out our thoughts and our feelings with one another and to be able to share that wisdom that God, the Holy Spirit has given us in that. And he says a couple like interesting things in that book. One is he says, obviously preaching and teaching are important, (laughs) which obviously, right, like obviously this is really important, the most important, but no, he, he was a preacher, and he says obviously preaching and teaching are important, but he says there's a form of growth and learning that is just as important talking with one another, that we have these questions and conversations and comments and counsel and suggestions marked by hesitancies and asides. And it rarely strikes a pose of authoritative boldness, which we rightly expect from our preachers and teachers, that there's this way of sharing with one another. He says that the conversations that take place in the parking lot after Sunday worship are as important as the things that are said from the pulpit here. And I really believe in that. I believe that we need that wisdom of each other. And he gives this sort of advice in this book even, which I think is so great. He says, why don't you do this? Why don't you look over the congregation on Sundays and pick someone who appears to be mature and congenial? So maybe it's someone you're even like, this is a little bit more of like almost like a a mentorship or someone to guide you spiritually. But it's like, look for someone maybe a little older, a little more mature than you, but also they don't look like a big jerk. They look like they might be a nice person. So can you look for that around in the church? And maybe that's a hint that those of us, if you feel like maybe you're a little older and a little more mature, also try and look nice to. Okay, like let's try and do that in our lives as well. Um, And so then he says, ask her or him if you can meet together every month or so uh, when you feel the need to talk about your life in the company of someone who believes that Jesus is present and active in everything you're doing. Reassure that person that he or she doesn't have to say anything wise. You only want them to be there for you, to listen and be prayerful in the listening. Meet with me every six weeks or so, and just be there. An honest, prayerful presence with no responsibility to be anything other than what you've become in your lifetime of obedience to God. Wisdom is not a matter of expertise. And so I love that. I love that if we can be looking for that in one another. And so we need that wisdom of each other. Okay, so that's why. Why do we need spiritual friendship? But like, what in the world? What are we talking about with this? I love this, Proverbs 17, 17. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. We believe that this whole thing of of being a friend to someone is to love. Okay, that's what spiritual friendship is, is to show love, and it's as unconditional as we can get with it, but to show love to another person. There's um, a a great book. If you're into books from the 1100s, this is your book, all right? It's a book actually called Spiritual Friendship. It's pretty great title for this sermon. So it's by a guy named Ailred of Riveau. And he was a monk in the 1100s that wrote all about this whole concept of spiritual friendship. And he said, the fountain and source of friendship is love. That the word in Latin, as uh, he was prone to study, the word amicus, friend, comes from the word amor, which means love. So friend and love are even connected in the meaning of the word. A friend is a guardian of love. Friendship is that virtue by which spirits are bound by ties of love. And so as much as we can try to be this sacrificial, unconditional person that cares and loves for another, that is what spiritual friendship is. But I think we can understand what it is a little bit even better by understanding how we can be that kind of friend. So I want to help us to have an understanding. How can I be this kind of friend to another person? All right. The first way is that you share your life with people, to share your life with them. I love this passage, 1 Thessalonians 2.8, having so fond an affection for you, we were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives because you had become very dear to us. That we share our lives. We, we know we're commanded to share the gospel with people. I think we all have that deep sense. We know that's a command of God. But I think we should live out that we share our lives with people as well. And that speaks the gospel to them. It speaks like the very essence of who God is as love. Another thing that the Ailred of Reveaux said is that, okay, well, if God is love... And love is friendship and is God friendship as well. That we experience God when we have this kind of friendship. It's not just any friendship. It's this kind of friendship. That these people have become dear to us. We share our lives. One person I've been... um, Sort of sharing my life with more recently, it's almost a, it's a newer friend that we've been opening up our lives to each other. Is this guy named Jay Hewitt? Um, pastor Dave shared a video a couple months ago about him. He's a fellow pastor from Friends Church in Orange. That is, um, he has been diagnosed with terminal brain cancer. He's had a couple surgeries on his brain already, and the cancer has returned both times. He's still undergoing treatment and chemo and all of that, and it's really hard. He's had a little precious um, uh, five-year-old daughter and and an amazing wife, and he, in the midst of all this, is training for an Iron Man while going through all of this because he wants to be an example and have a story and an inspiration for his daughter. And so that's why you even see this Iron Dad, that he has this whole movement thing called Iron Dad. And since I've been doing triathlon stuff, we actually got connected and been training together on Fridays, swimming and biking and running and and all of that. Well, uh, we've been in the midst of that while sort of suffering. Together, you know, in in the in the training way, being able just to share a bit of our lives with one another as well. And so like it's it's been awesome. And I just want to like I think one thing that friends do for one another is support each other. And I've been trying to support him in this journey and his race. Uh, is, since all races are getting canceled, is actually going to be happening locally and soon. It's on October 9th, and it's less than two weeks away. And so I, we all can support him in different ways. And so you can find out at his website, jhewitt.org, and look for the Iron Dad stuff of ways that you could help even on the, on race day or support his, this project. They're filming a movie about him that I think could really be an awesome inspiration to so many People, and so I'm excited for that for him and want to support him in it, that we share our lives with one another and support Each other, and part of why I think this like applies so good is kind of my next point in this is that friends are willing to sharpen and be sharpened, which with Iron Man and Iron Dad comes from this verse: "Iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. One man, one woman sharpens another." That we are, we need to be in this whole thing of spiritual friendship, willing and able to sharpen one another. So that means I'm willing to hear from someone else about how my life can be sharpened. And then I'm also willing to offer thoughts and insights and prayer and all of that of how to sharpen another person. Now, this whole thing of this verse, iron, sharpen, iron, it comes from blacksmith language. Okay, so you think of a blacksmith who has a forge and is taking iron metal and putting it into heat. And then taking it out of that heat and then eventually is banging it, you know, hammering it with iron. And so iron sharpening iron. And you see there that then it's a tool of some sort or a weapon, even a sword or something like that, is being shaped into something else through that heat and through that hammering of iron upon iron. Iron And then eventually it's made into something very useful. And so when we think about this whole thing of the heat and the, the hammering and the tension, it's friction, it's tension, it's, it's heat. And when in friendship, I think we think of it as, as like conflict and tension in our friendships, in our relationships. And oftentimes we sort of avoid Conflict. We don't want this (laughs) happening to us, right? We don't want to be put in the heat or to have the, the iron upon the iron. And we sort of like this concept. It sounds good. It's a little bit of a bookmark bumper sticker kind of Bible verse these days that we hear a lot. But when we think about what does this mean, iron sharpening iron? Well, it's this verse that is where we sharpen each other and it's often through conflict and the conflict in our relationships can cause growth, but only only when we're willing to engage and work through it. Only when we're willing to accept words of sometimes like critique and and forming by a close friend. This doesn't mean anybody. Not you don't have the right to do this with just anybody. You only have the right to do this with the people that I think are close to you in this spiritual friendship kind of relationship. But instead of running from that conflict, we engage and lean into that and allow that to shape us and form us. But also we have to remember that too much heat will break the metal. Like if we just stick that metal into the heat, it eventually like will melt down, right? And that's not what we want. We don't want a meltdown. (laughs) And so remember that when you are the one offering the, the, the sharpening words, let's say, don't go too hard or else you're causing damage. And so all this has to be done appropriately and, and, and with that, the Holy Spirit's leading in our life. But we can't run from it. People leave the church because of conflict. People get divorced because of conflict. People leave friendships because of conflict. But recognizing that appropriate conflict, not abusive conflict, but appropriate conflict actually leads to growth. Working through pain develops intimacy. So consider that for your life. Be willing to sharpen and be sharpened. And then the next way that uh, of how we can be a spiritual friend is to love unconditionally the best we can and only through the power of the Holy Spirit. Like we are not able, we are not beings who are able to actually love completely unconditionally, but that should be our goal. A friend loves at all times. Another thing Aylred of Reveaux said, was that a friendship that, it, that can be broken or a friendship that ends was maybe never really truly a friendship at all. We want to love unconditionally at all times, the best that we possibly can. And, and um, I wanna just talk even here a little bit about a friend of mine that like I feel like I have lots of great friends, but there's one friend, my friend Jason, who is my closest spiritual friend. And with this friend, we've been friends for a long time, and we've been friends through really like good times and friends through really bad times. Friends when we've probably even been good to each other. And friends when we haven't been as good to each other as we should be. Yet we've been friends through all of that. We, um, we've had Bible studies together, but like our friendship's not about just like a spiritual friendship. It's not just about having a Bible study together all the time. I want us to understand that. We, we are prayerful and pray for one another and we've had lots of Bible studies together. But it's not about that. It's about the wisdom of each other. It's about caring for one another, supporting each other, even last night sitting around a fire um, as couples and just kind of like sharing some stuff that's going on in our own lives. There's times that are hard or challenging and and caring for one another in the midst of that. Being open that our lives aren't always perfect and, and our families aren't always perfect. And knowing kind of the ugly bits of ourselves that maybe everyone else doesn't get to see. We're vulnerable with one another and so like I want you to like work towards obviously that kind of friendship these kind of friendships don't happen instantly and I know that we long for these kind of friendships and but many of us don't have those kinds of friendships and that's all for a host of different reasons but maybe we haven't opened ourselves up to it so I want to talk here then a little bit about how can I make a spiritual friend. So we've talked about why and what it is and how we can be that to people. And as we're thinking about how we can be that to people and practicing kind of the biblical one another's for people, but how can I make a spiritual friend? First of all, I want you to be honest with your fears and your longings and surrender them to God. Be honest with God about what your fears are about this. What, but also what's kind of the desire of your heart when it comes to these kind of deeper friendships, Lord? Like I have these friends, but I feel like we're surface level. Or like, Lord, I haven't been able to connect with people. Or just whatever reason, like I've lost, I've lost my closest friend for some reason. And Lord, I, I want that deeper friendship again. And and, and we might have a fear that this will cost us something, or be painful, or we might not be loved back in the way that we hope for, or that we could get hurt, and and that's real. And that's real. And so I want you to be honest with God and even about the comparisons. Again, we we compare ourselves to other people, especially in that whole social media world and and time that we live in. So be honest with God about where you're at with all of this kind of emotionally and and what the longings of your heart are. And then another thing I'd encourage you is to engage in community at church beyond the worship service. goodness, especially during this kind of live stream time, but at all times, engaging in community beyond just sitting in rows in a worship service and then leaving. Like I, I know a lot of people struggle to find community, and especially, like, I do know people struggle with that sometimes at Calvary because part of like what is so great about Calvary is it's been around a long time, and a lot of people have been here a long time. Sometimes because of that, I think people have kind of got these core friendships already, and it's sort of hard to break into certain groups or or friendships. And like that's totally real. And it's sort of understandable on both ends of why it's hard for people to bring in new friendships or it's hard to break into that, right? Like, And I get that. And that can be hard here. But it especially won't happen to come into a service and to leave. It just won't. And so I encourage you to get involved in ways beyond the worship service. So that could be a life group, especially. A life group is a great way. We'll talk about that more next week. Uh, A six-pack. These are things where you just meet six times over six months with six people. And it's a great way to kind of just get introduced to some new people. I think, you know, when things like this return, but like retreats or camps and stuff like that, it's a great way uh, to connect with people or going on a missions trip, like a go trip next summer, if we're able to do those, a way to go and spend that time serving with people. Because I think actually serving with people is the best way to engage in community when it comes to church. To be part of something, whether that's being part of like the worship teams or our children's ministry staff or student ministry staff or security team or whatever it is in ways that you're able to serve, you're able to engage in community a lot more. And that can kind of work towards building towards deeper friendships, friendships that go beyond that sort of surface level. And then it's like uh, the next part is just to invite people into friendship and it's sort of starting casually and then to grow in that intimacy. And uh, it's like sort of weird because I know a lot of this starts to feel like, are we talking about dating? Like, what are we talking about? And like, no, we're not really talking about dating, but we're we're talking about a similar kind of process. Like if you're too much too soon, that's gonna be weird to people, right? So you gotta be chill. So be chill at first and let this grow casually and then grow deeper as we go. But that is just kind of how it works. Just reach out because i want to ask like if you feel like you're having a hard time with having these kind of friendships are you sitting around waiting for invitations or are you sending invitations? And we need to be people that are reaching out and sending them and, and being intentional about this. And then we begin to share our story with people. And then as those can grow deeper, I do encourage people, welcome people into your home to open yourself up in that way, to share meals and share um, those meals around your table at your house. And like, I think that's a way as you grow that just is kind of like moving beyond this weird sort of privacy thing that we have so much of in our, in our world today and to move that into to real world friendships. And then the last thing I'd say here is, is don't give up. Don't give up. Even Jesus was betrayed by one of his closest friends, Jesus himself. So if you've been through hurt, if you've been through pain, if you feel betrayed or you feel rejected in some way by people, know that Jesus himself was. I've been betrayed by friends in my life. And, and we've all experienced this. And it doesn't mean that it's not easy. It's, it's horrifically hard. It's, it hurts a lot when those sorts of things happen in our lives. But I wanna encourage you to not give up. Don't give up on friendship and especially spiritual friendship at a deeper level. So here's some ways that you can respond to this today. All right, <clears throat> a few things you can do. All right, these are, by the way, we have outlines still online, calvarylife.org, live. You can find um, outlines. And some of this stuff I think is really good as well as some other things I didn't have time to go into today. but. Um, I think some of this stuff's really good that you can, little processes you can do. So try this. Take a friend inventory. Draw a lifeline. All right, You draw a horizontal line and break it up into seven-year segments. And put initials of friends that, you, that have been important to you in each of those segments. And then do some journaling or some thinking. What did you notice about your friendships? What kind of friends do you tend to gather around you? What does this tell you about yourself? And kind of doing a little bit of, of like research into myself. Am I just a surface level friend? Or am I a friend that's able to go deeper, like having an understanding of that, or was I hurt at some point in this? And like, what did that pain do to the kind of value of my friendships in an ongoing way? And to do some like deeper analysis and then prayer through that. And then here, another one you could do is draw two columns on a piece of paper. So just got a vertical line down the middle, title one column, characteristics of a spiritual friend, another column, characteristics of myself as a friend. So what did you learn today of what a spiritual friend is? And then what like kind of friend am I? And then fill those columns with your observations and then what did you learn about yourself and as you can be growing to be a better friend through that all. And then finally, it's just reach out, reach out, invite someone to coffee, invite someone to hang out, just take the risk, reach out and then ask some deeper questions. Maybe even with your friends that you have now, How can you say, okay, let's talk about some deeper questions and see how God blesses our spiritual friendships? Because, my friends, remember, we are more than an audience. So let's pray, let's worship God, that we would have our lives be built on this, on what Jesus has modeled for us. Lord God, I pray that uh, you would help each one of us to have friendships that are... Deeper than surface level. Friendships that truly can love one another. That can sharpen one another. That can share our lives with one another. And support one another. And sacrifice for one another. May we have those kind of friendships. I pray for that for each person out there. or Especially those that are listening that feel lonely or feel rejected or feel betrayed. I pray that you would bring healing into those hearts and minds, God. I pray that you'd bring your comfort and your presence, God, and your friendship to begin to heal and repair and build up and then prepare for another friendship that will sustain and deepen, God. May we experience community through our church family. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.